the Spiggity Fresh, my listeners. It's the host with the most, Edwin. Coming back at you for another episode of the Crooked Eye Section. And obviously, as you can tell, we are doing today my very first, I guess you'd call it, uh, in-person video interview. Uh, I've done in-person interviews before, but they've always been like audio only, uh, just because never really been in the mood to film video. But recently, struck a deal with Spotify. Video exclusives, video exclusives from now on, only on Spotify. So here I am today. Today I'm here joined by um, uh, Ben Bernstein and a part of the project of um, and part two in the Electric Boogaloo's. And today we are here to discuss their upcoming uh, album, which is dropping later this month. Actually, from the, the day this is dropping, it'll be dropping five days from now, so very very soon. So we're just here to talk about the album, talk about the process of all of that, and even some more upcoming stuff past the release. Uh, how's that sound to you, Ben? That sounds great. All right, thank sit. you for having me. Of course, Neil, thank you for inviting me to your uh, studio here, <laughs> uh, aka the bedroom. It's really cool. We've got a bunch of vinyl posters and Lego sets. Uh, we were just talking right now before we started this. Uh, I hated Lego sets growing up. I hated building them because I could never build it right. Like, the instructions made no sense. It was very, very dumb. A skank and pickle pin popped off. Oh, no, not a skank and pickle. <laughs> Holds this whole jacket together. Literally. Alright. Well, alright, so, uh, Ben, you know, first things first, you know, tell the audience about yourself, tell them, you know, what you do in the band, and fill them in for those that may be unaware. Um, I'm Ben, I'm the bassist for Part 2 in the Electric Boogaloo's. Uh, I do backing vocals sometimes, drums, and uh, I handle all the recording and producing and all the mixing and audio engineering part of that. And we do it all here in my room and done it. We did this first album. This is the first one I've done the entire album on, so excited for it. Yeah, and with you like being like the producer, audio engineer, mixer for the album I, and, and for your band, um, I'm also aware that, you know, this is like your little home studio, and yeah. you guys release everything under your label, uh, Midgets with Night Records. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I definitely gotta ask, just like straight up, uh, what is a midget with a knife? Why, where did that come, where did that name come from? Like a lot of things, um, it was us being stupid. We were, we started that idea when we were recording the first album, because we upgraded our DistroKid account to like the second tier and they let us name our own record label and we were like well we gotta name it something and we were sitting around and i don't know what happened but somebody said midgets with knives and we were like that's cool i like that and so we just started putting it in all our music and thought it was funny and went with that from that indeed and so if i am right we are currently sitting at the midgets with knives studio yeah, that would be right. It's also my bedroom. Also the bedroom. Yeah. A lot of fun happens in here. <laughs> Lots of midgets of knives in here, definitely. Alright, so first things first. Uh, you know, you guys did mention that you know you guys are bringing up a new album dropping very, very soon. So just straight off the bat, what can you tell us about the record and the album? Um, it's going to be a lot different than our first album. I feel like the tone we took, we've gotten a lot more comfortable with how we sound and what we want to sound like. Our first album, um, it was a lot of different things, and you're going to see a lot of different things on this album too, because we all have different musical backgrounds and want to bring that into our music. So you're going to have a lot of different genres mixed in, 
but I feel like it still has, it has a very distinct tone to it that's going to sound like our band now, as opposed to our last album, where some of the sound, songs we're still, like, getting comfortable with, like, you know, what we want our vocals to sound like, what bass tone we want. I think this is going to be a lot more set in stone, solid. Uh, we're going to get a lot heavier on this album, I think. Not just musically. We're, well, we are going to get heavier musically. We're going to have just more hardcore tracks on it, but we're also going to get heavier lyrically and lean into more... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? More abstract lyrics. We're going to get into a lot bigger issues on this album, I think. Get a lot more openly political. Our last album was a little more subtle about it, you know? We hit it. There was a lot of wordplay. This one, I feel like we're going to be a lot more obvious with it. A lot more in the face. Yeah, a lot more in the face. So I'm excited for that, too. I think this album is not going to be a sophomore slump album. I think it's going to be one of our better, or our better album of the two. Yeah, because it's very common for bands to release like a really good first album, really good debut, and then the second album is just meh. Yeah, I think our, from our first album, our first album, it was good. We were happy with it, but we were just figuring everything out. Like, it took us like two months, three months to record it. We were just figuring out how we wanted to do it and how we would even go about doing it. I think this album, from releasing a previous album, we know like what we're doing more. We know how we're going to get it done. You can set up more of like a schedule of how you want to do it. And you know what you want to do differently. From hearing your last album. Definitely, definitely. And something that you really brought up that I really find interesting is that you guys are going for a lot more of like hardcore, a lot more in your face sound and tone with like lyrics and all the music stuff. And I find that really interesting because not so long ago you guys, you know, surprised everybody and you did a straight uh, acoustic EP, which was very interesting considering that this was after you guys also did a few pop up uh, acoustic. Uh, shows like in front of like Trader Joe's and stuff. <laughs> yeah. What made you guys want to go from you know being like a punk band from doing like a few acoustic sets here and here and there to even dropping the full EP? Um. Uh, well, personally, I think each one of us we all have an attraction to that kind of music. Like, I know I'm a really big Flogging Molly fan, so I like that acoustic tone. Like that folk punk is fun for me. And Jeffrey has a lot of fun. He really likes Alkaline Trio. And so they have that whole acoustic album that's just great, Damnesia. And so I think we, me and him both gravitate towards that a little bit. And we just wanted to have a little bit of fun and just mess around a little bit. The pop-up shows just became a thing to do because we were bored on a Friday night. Everybody was at the football game. We didn't want to go to the football game. We just, I don't like the football game. Yeah. Never been invited to a football <laughs> game, so I can't really say. But. I went to one football game. I wore my battle jacket, and I got made fun of, and I went to Dairy Queen and ate a hamburger. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to stop you for a second. You went to Dairy Queen, an ice cream store, known for its blizzards that you flip upside down, and they don't fall out. They have great milkshakes, multiple flavors, I, like ice cream sundaes with the bananas. You order the hamburger. They make a really good hamburger. You can ask no, Cameron. Me and Cameron went. We got the same hamburger. It's number one, and you get it with fries. Their fries are okay, but their hamburgers are on point. They're like eight bucks, too, for the whole combo. You're getting... Okay, let me just... Let me just... 
empathize this with you. You're going to an ice cream store, right? Yeah. And you're getting a hamburger. Yeah. Okay. Follow up question immediately after that. What are your thoughts on Arby's? On what? Arby's. Arby's. I don't care for Arby's personally. Okay. Okay. That answer. I'm fine with that <laughs> answer. I hate Arby's. It's the worst sandwich place ever exists. It's disgusting. Double priced. Shouldn't shouldn't exist. And it has to be money laundering because not so long ago they like completely like um what's the word they like not like reshaped but they like redid all the yeah. restaurants. Yeah. No one goes to Arby's that much to where they could do that to every single Arby's place. I'll give you one thing about Arby's though. They know how to make a good commercial. They, they do make good commercials. Funny commercials. They make funny commercials <laughs> that are misleading and false advertisement because it Aren't fucking all commercials sucks. misleading. Have you ever seen a commercial and been like, I want that, and then you get it and you're like, this is what I wanted. No, not really. Yeah. Like, like when we're in that like weird area of time, like Carlos Jr. can make commercials. Yeah. Just like going to like naked chicks. Yeah, when they did like the America Burger or whatever, where they put the hot dog on the burger. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been to a Carl's Jr. Really? Yeah. They got some pretty good vegan burgers. Let's try it out. I know, it's really good. Alright, we're getting really off track. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. So, Kusik uh, pop-up sets. Just... Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> you, did, well, you were bored on a Friday night. Yeah, we were just bored. Me and Jeffrey were bored on a Friday night, and we were like, I want to play a show. And so we made, drew up a little poster. I called him up. Uh, I was like, hey, you want to play a show tonight? I'll get Dio and all our friends that play guitar to come down. We can do like a jam. And so that was the first one. And then the next one, we were like, hmm, maybe let's have like London come out from Planet Vertigo and she'll play a set. And we can have, uh, we had another band called Death Basket. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, we had their guitarist Keegan come out and he played a set. And it turned into, now we do, like, a pop-up, but we'll have four bands play. We had my friends Jazz and Terry, in a, they're in a jazz band called The Worst Generation. And they'll come out and play a set, and then we'll just do our thing. And we just sight-read, really, on stage. We'll take some crowd recommendations, just... Like Freebird, Wonderwall. Yeah, no, we get Wonderwall a lot. We did, we do a lot of Wonderwall, um... We do some of our songs, too. Like, we did Martha Stewart's Prison Shank Acoustic. It was a lot of fun. But we have a lot of fun with that, and when it came to doing the acoustic EP, we had always liked the idea of doing an EP, like, at night, in the middle of the night, and just recording all night long and getting it done in 24 hours. And we realized that wasn't possible because my studio is my bedroom, and if we play in the middle of the night... You're going to wake everybody yeah, up. Yeah, we're going to get... All sorts of noise complaints. So we're like, why don't we just do it in acoustic EP and just have fun with it? So that's really where that came from. And that specific EP is weird. It's really weird. It's just, we are so tired that we, like, my room was a mess. That's why it's called Everything is Everywhere. And we were just, like, fitting wherever we could in the room. And we sat on the floor and recorded this whole thing. And... I think the frame of mind we were in came through much more because we were so tired. Like, how we were feeling in our everyday lives came through through the music a lot more because we were tired. And when you're tired, you're more expressive, generally. A lot more expressive. Yeah. You're more cranky, emotional. Yeah. 
and so I think it started to come through like that, and you could feel, like, the album feels stressed. It's a little freaky in ways. You can feel, like, uneasiness in all the songs. And I think that is kind of really cool about that album. We also recorded it the day before a show, like a bigger show, too, which was stupid. Even more to wake up. Yeah, we had to wake up the next morning, rehearse, and then set up and play the show. But I think it came out well. I'm happy with it. I think it came out well, too. You know, it's a great EP, very, as I said before, very diverse from your previous releases. Yeah. And, you know, it's definitely great. And I find it fascinating you guys really did the whole thing in just one night, like, middle of the night, you know, just going straight for it. Yeah. We actually, we have a song on there named, like, I think it's 1046, and that was the exact time we started that song but it's just a lot of fun we like to have fun with it that's very very important when it comes to doing music you gotta have fun with it if you're not having fun with it then your audience people listening aren't gonna have fun with it either yeah exactly and after the uh, acoustic EP I know you guys very recently very recently you guys put out a whole uh, Christmas EP for the Christmas covers called uh, Merry Fucking Christmas yep we did do that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh, tell me about that because I'm really curious about that, uh, the whole Christmas EP, especially considering the fact that you yourself are Jewish. Yeah, it's um. Happy late Hanukkah, by the way. Ah, oh, thank you. It's funny because for a while we had wanted to do a Christmas like that was one of the first things we started. We were like, we're gonna be like bad religion. We're gonna do <laughs> yeah, a Christmas <laughs> album, and that slowly worked its way down to an EP, but. Um, we waited until the very last minute to record everything, and we just found a list of royalty-free Christmas songs, and we were like, let's pick ten songs off this list, and let's just record them however we want, and that worked its way down to five songs off the list, and, um, we just wanted to, like, change them around a little bit, make them new, make them different, make them kind of stupid, funny... Because they're all, like, a lot of them are very old songs, and that's why they're royalty-free. Yeah. And we did our best to find, like, the most original version of it. So, like, I think on Deck the Halls, we have, like, all sorts of weird words, like, quaffing, and the second line is, like, fill the mead cup, drain the barrel. And it's just stupid, and I think we just really wanted to mess around with that kind of thing, because... There's so much you can do with them. They're like blank canvases. And so we took like Silent Night and we wanted to do a cramps song with it. So we made it like a super surf kind of guitar feel. And like really reverby and it's painfully slow. And just had at it. And um, what else did we do? We did Deck the Halls. We did like a hardcore punk thing on that. We did Joy to the World. I like to think is like a... Dirty Alkaline Trio style. We swore a lot in it. And um, we did Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Which is a song that Bad Religion also did on their album. Yeah, they did do it on their album. We did it as an acoustic, though. And we did it like a folk punk song. And uh, I think I'm right on this. I'm pretty sure Jeffrey called the Virgin Mary a whore on that album. On that song. Um, And... (laughs) I remember he finished it. And he take because we record with Bach, like he records with a box like on over, his, head. Over his head. Yeah, if you haven't seen the pictures, it's hilarious. And he takes the box off and he looks at me. He's like, "See what I did there?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I, I got it." And so he did that. Um, and we did 
What's that other one? It's another one about angels. Angels we have heard on high, and we did it like a Surf Freak song. Yeah. We did it, or a, not Surf Freak, Surf Curse. I'm thinking of a good popular song. We did it like a Surf Curse song, so it was like a super spacey, indie surf kind of vibe to it. So I think that we just wanted to be stupid and record a Christmas album, and it worked its way to an EP, and we wanted people to listen to it on Christmas and be... A little offended. A little offended. But we wanted people that we wouldn't want to listen to it to be offended by it. And people who, who did want to listen to it to have something to listen to on Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. How it works with Christmas music, it's like the same ten songs by the same like three artists yeah. on repeat at every store. We wanted to kill Mariah Carey. I hate Mariah Carey. <laughs> I hate She's Mar- the one that does... Uh, uh, I don't know if it's, oh, yeah, I yeah we wanted to kill Mariah Carey. Yeah. I don't... That song is so overplayed. I'm over it. <laughs> I think everyone's over it, everyone's except my stepmom. She's in love with Your that Your stepmom likes that song? Is in love with it. Every oh, single man. year, every every time we set up the Christmas tree, we bake cookies, we um, open presents. Mariah Carey. The entire, I don't know. I mean, hey, that's nice, man. Yeah. Christmas is a nice time of year. I hate the weather, too. You hate the weather? I'm not... See, it's cold, man. You get to wear your battle jacket. Yeah, it's, that is true, but, like, being cold... It, like, pisses me off. Like, I hate the feeling of being cold. Like, I hate shivering. I hate, like, the pain it inflicts on your body. Yeah, you know? it's understandable. Yeah, it, it, it just it literally, like, makes me, like, angry. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah, I get that, I guess. <laughs> you know, so, going from an acoustic EP to a Christmas EP, very big jump. Going from a Christmas EP to a hardcore album, even bigger jump. Yeah. So it very much seems like you guys are like a like a no genre band, uh, very much like at this point in time, you know. Where are all these like different inspirations coming from, and wanting to do one sound to another sound that's completely different? Well, first I wouldn't call it necessarily a hardcore EP. I think it's going to be more hardcore than our previous stuff, or a hardcore album. I think it's going to be more hardcore than our previous stuff, and I think it's going to have it is going to have hardcore songs on it. I think I would say the majority of them are more hardcore songs, but there's like 15 acoustic songs. There are not 15. There's like less than half, so let's say like nine acoustic songs. Yeah, because this is a big album. I yeah, think it's 25 20, songs. 25? Yeah, it's 59 minutes exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Almost reached the hour mark. Yeah, that was not the intention with it, because the day before we uploaded I was like, Jeffrey, we're almost at an hour. Just record me something. That's acoustic, and I'll produce it really quick, and we'll put it up and just have an hour. And he sends it to me. He's like, this should do it. And I added it, and it was 59 minutes, and we were just like, you know what? Let's call it. Let's call it. Perfect. That's it. That's a wrap. Yeah. But it's a long album, and it was done over the span of five, six months. We started it actually... The night me and you and Jeffrey did our first podcast. Oh, that was a yeah. while ago. We started it then, and we finished it in, like, late November, And which is crazy to think that this one took that long, because we kept finishing it and then being like, oh, we can have a few more songs. We Let's add a, a few more songs. We can add a few more. So it was supposed to be done in, like, July, and then we were like, wait... Let's have a song here, song there, and then it just built up into this. So, can we say that this is for sure the final release date? 
Yes, the 26th is for sure the final release date. It's all uploaded. You can actually pre-order it right now or pre-save it on Spotify and Apple Music. But uh, getting back to your main question of where all these influences come from, uh, it's different for everyone. Like, um, I think like a lot of my influences for it come from whatever I'm listening to. I go into phases sometimes, like... I'll listen to a ton of Alkaline Trio, or a ton of No Effects, or a ton of Bad Religion, or a ton of the English beat, and just be like, this is what I want it to sound like right now. And so personally, I have like anti-flag influences, always Operation Ivy. They're one of my top bands of all time. Uh, Descendants, Fugazi, just all sorts of stuff for me. I also am really big into jazz. I play in a jazz band. Uh, so there's going to be, like, on the acoustic stuff, there are things that I took from, like, jazz bands that I really like. Like, uh, I studied with Christian McBride a while back, and he said, he gave me some tips that I used on that album. Um, there's a band that we specific, I specifically modeled, modeled a song after called uh, The Record Company. They're like a blues band. So we got a song like that. Um, we took, one of our songs called Teenage Jesus is very big... Uh, in, very largely inspired by the New York No Wave movement. So like Sonic Youth, um, I can't remember her first name now, but her band was called in the Teenage Jesuses. So we named the song after that, and we did that. I know Jeffrey, he's really big into Alkaline Trio. He's really big into um, a lot of different sounds, like not your typical bands. Bands like that wouldn't, I would call unpleasant. <laughs> He like was, Weezer. Yeah. No, I saw Weezer live. You did. I yeah. saw Weezer live. At that one festival. Yeah, at uh, the Hella Mega Tour, because I really wanted to see the Interrupters. But, uh, no, I would call it unpleasant, but he finds beauty in it, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, and Cameron, he really likes, like, harder metal, like, uh, he's really big into metalcore and deathcore. Ooh, I love deathcore. That's but he's really big into heavier stuff, and so bands like uh, Tool, who mix really complex music theory with heavier sounds, he really likes that. He, I know he's a big fan of uh, Killswitch Engage, big metalcore band. Um, I'm trying to think of a deathcore band that Cameron likes. Me and him just listened to like an entire set, an entire metalcore set after our uh, U.S. history exam. Like a live one, he just gave me a headphone and we listened to it, and it was awesome. But he—that's what he's into, and it, so I think together, that combined, you get a lot of different sounds, and so you're gonna get a lot of different, like ideas and a lot of different songs and genres for those songs. Most definitely, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's really cool. You guys very much drive from. What was this? I have a watch in here that beeps. And I don't know where it is, and I don't know how to turn it off. But it beeps at 12 o'clock, and slowly over the years, it's gotten off time somehow. And so it just beeps sometimes. Okay, so I, I just thought something was dying. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, I think it's really cool how you guys, you know, you drive influences from all different spots, um, very much different genres, constantly switching, not, not sticking to one, you know. So, with this album coming up, as you said, it's going to be a lot of different sounds with a, a few hardcore sounds, a few acoustic, you know. Uh, when can we, like, start to expect, you know, some of, like, these 
um, songs to be performed live. Have some of them already been performed live? Because I do know you guys do have a set coming up on January the 8th. Uh, so what can you tell us about all that? Um, well, as for the singles that we've released, we've been playing those for a while. So, like, Martha Stewart's Prison Shank, that's on there. We've been playing that. Um, what's the name of the song? Eraserhead, we've been playing that for a while. We haven't played I Am Become Death Live yet. And that's, like, our big metal song for this album. It's more of a thrash song. So, you should be expecting that one on the 8th. We have a show the 1st of January, actually. Um, we're going to be debuting a lot of the lighter songs for that. For the 8th, we're going to be doing some heavier stuff. Uh, we're playing a song called My Girl. It's a hardcore punk song about the movie My Girl that we wrote in like 25 minutes because we wanted a hardcore song and with some funny movie, kind of, in a way. Now watch the movie. Oh, it's about a girl whose best friend dies in elementary school. He gets stung to death by bees. Oh, that's a really unfortunate way to go. Yeah, it is. But I shouldn't be laughing at you that. You should be laughing. No. It's a weird movie, but... yeah, It we, makes sense if you've seen it. Yeah, kind of. Not really. Not a lot really. of I know a lot of people that cry during that movie. Oh, and you laugh at the movie. Yeah. Yeah, personally, I'm more of like a 500 Days of Summer guy. All right, I get that. Yeah. But... Oh, oh, that was the question about all the different, uh, what we're going to be debuting. Uh, we're going to be debuting, um, so that song we're going to be playing, let's see, what else do we got? We're going to be playing a new song at the first show called, uh, Perms and Fanny Packs. It's about F-Boys. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, um, that's all I'm going to tell you about it. The song's killer, though. It's one of my favorite songs we've ever done. Not just because I wrote it, just... just not, yeah. not, not, not just because not just I wrote it, but we got, like, some cool vocal effects going on it. I think I sent it to you, actually. Yeah, I think it was one of the many songs you sent to me. Yeah. Right before I got my new phone, and when I set up my new phone, it erased, like, the past two months of conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a cool song. We're also going to be playing at, uh, the 8th, we're going to be playing a new song called Warthog. 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 It's kind of bad religion-ish. A little heavier, um, it's about climate change, that's what I'll tell you. It's very poetic in ways, and also very funny. Gotta love climate change, the planet's dying. Yeah. We're dead. Uh, little kids be like, when I grow up, I want to be this, I want to be that. Like, you're not growing up. Yeah, you're not going to have anything to grow up to. Yeah, it's going to be gone. Sorry, little one. I got my U.S. Uh, Forest Service <laughs> hat on. Perfect. Just for this occasion. Just for this occasion. Yeah. Awesome. And, you know, so with, uh, you know, new projects coming out, uh, just released, about to release, um, I'm also aware that you guys are already planning a whole new project before this one has already come out, which is, uh, how about you tell me the details on that? Oh, we've got two projects in the work. What works? One is with part two, like fully part two. It's going to be... Uh, we're working on a hardcore political EP. It's going to be like very early anti-flag inspired. So that kind of sound. It's going to be very raw. Um, it's going to come out early, like late winter-ish, early beginning of the year, February or March sometime. Uh, and that's all I'll say about that for right now. We're still working on it. but And can we actually expect it around that time or will it also be delayed a few months? Oh, you... Oh. 
You'll probably expect it around that time. It'll okay. be it'll be done around that time, most likely. Most likely. Yeah. Just gotta make fun of you for that one. <laughs> and um, we're also working on something. Me and Jeffrey and uh, Peyton. I don't know if Peyton's associated with any bands right now. So, um, for those unaware, we're talking about Peyton. I can't even pronounce her last name. And I believe it's Schwitters. Yeah, Schwitters. I believe so. I, I always mess it up because I purposefully call my own girlfriend like Swifties, like Swifters, <laughs> like, like like from Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she hates it. Um, but yeah, so Peyton Schwitters, um, she was a guitarist of Psycho, no longer working with them, uh, for their own reasons. But yeah, so it's gonna be you, Jeffrey, and Peyton working on a new project. Yeah, we're uh, we actually have a straight edge project coming out, so it's gonna be called the Ringwalds. Um. I can talk about the name a little bit if you'd like. Absolutely, because I am very curious. It's uh, named after an actor. Her name was Molly Ringwald. Well, she's still alive. I shouldn't say her name was. Her name was. Yeah, she's still alive. <laughs> uh, she's Molly Ringwald. She was in The Breakfast Club. She was in, uh, God, all those 80s movies. I can't think yeah. of them now. Um, but she, oh, uh, 16 Candles. That's what I was thinking of. I wanted to say Legally Blonde, but she wasn't in that. But she was in all those like big '80s movies, coming of age films, and uh, so she was very big at the time. And at one point, she went in to do an audition, and she uh, was sexually harassed by the director. And so, with this project, we also want we're gonna be straight edge, and we're gonna have those themes in it. But we also want to have some feminist themes in it too. So we're gonna add in like a little bit of those ideas. And so we thought with the name, she uh, was sexually assaulted by one of the directors. And after that, she quit the career at her peak. And she came back a couple years later, but that's a big deal. Like yeah. She completely walked away from the entire industry, and that was her whole life. And whenever she was in a starring role or in the spotlight, she always tried to set a good example for the people who followed her, like all the kids who were fans of her. And so we thought that that would be a very fitting name. That is a very fitting name. And that makes a lot of sense, too, because I was talking to Payton about the project. Because I was, like, interested. Like, oh, this is so cool. I'm so happy for you. And then she just randomly asked, have you ever watched Breakfast Club? (laughs) My answer was and still is no. I haven't watched Breakfast Club. You could watch it. You don't have to. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like a... You have to watch it. It's a good movie. It's like, I feel like it's one of those, like, if you're a film major, you have to watch their movies. Probably. It's yeah. like... It's it, like that, Pulp Fiction. Did you see Pulp Fiction? I haven't seen... I have... You I, should watch Pulp Fiction. It's a good movie. I've been wanting to watch Pulp Fiction for the longest time, and I even own it. I even own the soundtrack on vinyl. Uh, it's a good movie. You should watch it. I should watch it. It's definitely not with my parents, though. Uh, yeah. So that's really exciting, you know, we got the new, like, side projects being in the works, we got the new, uh, like, a follow-up album, follow-up project with part two, you know, um, and then, you know, just before we wrap things up, you know, is there anything else you would want to mention? Um, hmm. Yeah, stream our music. Stream it. It's fun, I think. Yeah. I think. Oh, um, I do want to talk about something, actually, uh. We were lucky enough to be able to go up to Sacramento and play a show. 
with uh, the, uh, Luza, Lollapalooza, yeah, Lollapalooza. and with a band called Boreas up there, they invited us, um, they're some of the coolest guys we know, they're a bunch of fun to hang out with, but we're actually featuring them unwillingly on one of our songs. Unwillingly? Unwillingly. Describe unwillingly. Um, they didn't know it was going to be a feature. What does that mean? They're featured vocally. But they didn't know that they were going to be featured vocally. Ooh, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, so I'll leave you with that. So there's a song on there. Um, it's called Part Two in Boreas Write the Bible slash Boreas Love Triangle. <laughs> and it's featuring <laughs> Boreas. And I actually think I sing on that song. I th- yeah, I do. And, um, well, they're singing parts of it unwillingly. And they also helped write it unwillingly. That's really interesting. Yeah. They know about it now. Now they, they do. don't know what they're singing. All they what? know is that they are all members of the band are singing on it. Whoa! Okay, this is gonna be really interesting. Yeah. To hear the final product then. Yeah, it's gonna be quite fun. They 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 don't even know what they're singing. They don't know what they're singing. All they know is that they did sing. On, they don't even know that they did sing on it. They just know that their vocals are on the track. So was it like drunk or something? No. 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 It was actually recorded. When we recorded it, we were already back here. We hadn't seen them. So, what the fuck? Okay, it's gonna be really weird. Yeah, it's gonna be weird, but it's funny. We're happy with it. Right, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, Ben, thank you for inviting me to your Midgets with Knife Studios. <laughs> it's been a blast. Talking right, to you. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Of course. And, you know, uh, make sure you go check out part two, their music, their new uh, album dropping in five days from now, available on every streaming platform. You know, once again, thank you, Ben. And thank you, the listener, for listening to or watching this episode of the Crooked Eye Section. To show your support, make sure you share this episode online. Subscribe to stay up to date with future episodes. And leave a five-star review. And that way, we could get this podcast spreading more and spread more awareness and get more listeners. You can find my social media as well as part two's social media in the podcast description below. And feel free to send me a voice message, a voice message through Anchor. And who knows, maybe you might be featured in the next episode. My name is Edwin, and I'll see you guys next time. Deuces.